Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am Christiane Bella and you are listening to Unbuckled. And today our guest is Marla Renee Stewart, who is the co-founder of Sex Down South, a fantastic conference here in Atlanta that I've had the pleasure of attending and getting to be a part of their virtual conference last year. So welcome, Marla. We are so excited to have you here. Thanks, Christiane, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, um, for those of you who will get to clip, uh, see some of the video clips, um, you have your logo behind you, which is Velvet Lips, which is the sex education business that you started. So tell me, um, because Unbuckled here, you know, the reason I chose that was this idea of like unbuckling the Bible belt, right? Like getting past the shame and stuff. So what was that like for you being in Atlanta and being like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like make sex ed a thing that's accessible to people. You know, it's interesting. You know, I think coming from California, it was something that I've always wanted to do. So when I moved to the South, when I realized like, hey, nobody is doing this, um, I was just like, well, it's absolutely necessary, especially because, you know, we're in the Bible Belt and um, people need help. You know, I just saw so many uh, underground, um, like, subcultures around sexuality that I thought, why isn't this sort of, why is this underground, right? Why isn't this like displayed, you know, thinking about how many swingers communities or kink communities, I mean, so many more than there are in San Francisco by far. And so it's, it's sort of like, how did this happen? But it had happened because of, of, you know, sexual repression, you know, people's families who might be shaming them or people who belong in church communities who don't want things to get out or want to be, you know, labeled anything or, um, you know, the taboo of it all. So, yeah, that was a, um, I just really wanted to ensure that people had the that maybe I could also be an example of a sexually liberated person Mm -hmm. and that people can see me and then say like, Hey, it's actually okay to do this thing or to be this person and still be successful and not be shamed about who you are or what you do. So um, I think sort of, it was a combination of all of those things. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize you were from LA. I love that. And I love San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, yeah, that was my similar thing. I was in Pasadena and I was like, we don't need any more of this happening. <laughs> I need to bring this somewhere where this work is going to make more of an impact. So I love that you, you had the same calling. So did you have a repressive childhood growing up or was this a conversation that was happening in your house already? Yeah, my mom, I would say my mom was pretty sex positive. Um, you know, I did have some sexual scripts that I learned, like, you know, don't get pregnant, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because my mom was a pregnant teenager. Mm-hmm. And so she did not want me to get pregnant. But at the same time, you know, even when I came out at 16, you know, my mom handed me a, a lesbian sex pamphlet and was like, I don't know what you do here, you know, just be safe, you know. So there were, you know, there were you know, I would say I had a maybe slight challenge. I think my dad didn't talk to me for like two weeks, which is like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, like, I would say I had a pretty sex positive childhood. My mom never shamed me around masturbation, never shamed me around what I should and shouldn't do. She just always educated me. Like, this is what a UTI feels like. Um, If you're ready to have sex, let me know. I'll go put you on birth control. You know, when you're ready to have sex, that that means you go and get condoms and then you'll know you're ready to have sex. So there was definitely an open conversation around sex, sexuality, my body. And um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to have that and, you know, hoping to instill that also in my children. So it is yeah. interesting because you often hear from parents and society too this idea of like, well, let's not talk about it because that'll make them want to do it as, you know, as if these hormones aren't already <laughs> charging that thought process. So how do you feel 
like what's a tactic to ensure safety without scaring people when you're talking about like educating? Um, when thinking about like not scaring people, I think it's really important to normalize things, mm-hmm. right? So, and when you normalize things, you give them examples, you give examples of yourself. I think, you know, um, even I think sometimes it's hard for sex therapists. Um, what I, so what I do is basically I call myself a sexual strategist and basically I pull things from sex therapy, pull things from comprehensive sex ed, pull things from somatic body work and have put them together in my own curriculum. Now with sex therapists, a lot of them are very limited, right? They don't want to talk about themselves, their experiences. And so they have a hard time even relating. And even if they were to say, Hey, Oh, oh, I have a client that did this or did that. You know, that's a still good example. But I think I think there's something really powerful about being the example of saying like, hey, I went through this. I know what you're going through. This is how I resolved it. Or, you know, I went to therapy. You know, I had I struggled with this thing. I did this thing. And this is what really helped me. Maybe it will help you. And so um, I think it's just really, really important to be the example or at least to state an example and um and yeah really just normalize whatever the behavior is whatever the 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 thinking is because oh my gosh I can't even tell you how many times I have a client or somebody who comes to me and is just like this is happening to me and I'm like that's completely normal that is very common it's very common what you're going through is very common so um, so yeah, I think it's just really important to just make sure that people understand that they are normal. It is common. And the way to get through it is by whatever it is that you're suggesting. Yeah. As a professional. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the transparency helps us all to just realize we're not alone in this. You know, there's other people out here with similar experiences and we can help each other through sharing these stories. Um, yeah, so you, you get to a place where the shame isn't inhibiting you from asking the questions you need to be as safe as you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. So I love in your set, you're like, bring sexy back to sex ed. Um, and so seduction is a big part of your work. Um, in fact, you actually co-authored The Ultimate Guide to Seduction for and Foreplay, which you can get on Amazon. And I added it to my book wish list that <laughs> is growing by the day. Um, so... I think that's a thing, you know, sometimes when we, we, at least in clients that I've seen is the idea that they have to ask for, for help in this area makes them not feel sexy, you know, makes them feel like what's wrong with me instead of, you know, so how, what is your, your technique for, you know, bringing the sexy into that place of curiosity and and starting to understand yourself and your partner better? Yeah. So it's funny. I had a, a, a client over the weekend and um, it was a couple and they were super cute. And it was like, you know, the the woman was just kind of like, ah, I don't know what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having issues around self-confidence. I'm like, well, we can fix that. We can we can fix that. We can change your brain. We can we, that's 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 done. But you got to do the work. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm not a magician. I just can't <laughs> automatically give you sexual confidence, but I can give you the tools to mm-hmm. make it happen. And so, you know, when people feel are feeling unsexy and they're feeling like, oh, how do I get through this? How do I push through? I just kind of reassure them that, number one, it's not a fast process. It's a slow process as long as you have the tools and you have a partner here to help you be accountable with those tools. So I think that is also very helpful in a sense of getting someone, you know, back in line. And then I also have to say, like, if you have, you know, a partner or partners, I think it's super important that they also reflect those things upon you, right? So when you're feeling shitty about yourself, you can say like, hey, uh, most of the time people say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And then your partner or partners can be like, hey, no, none of that. No negative speak. Actually, this is what I love about you. And name like five things and help them really feel assured that they are okay. So, um, so the way that I do help people bring sexy back really is through the seduction learning styles, as mentioned in the book, which is my um, sexual theory that I have been working with since I can remember probably since I've started this company. And so 
I think it's, you know, really important that we understand who we, who we are to each other and how we're navigating that landscape because yeah, bringing sexy back means also tapping into what a person needs mm-hmm. and how you can give them what they want in order to get what you want and ha- have the relationship be mutually beneficial. That's sexy. Right. When it's one-sided, it's usually not as sexy, builds resentment, kind of shitty, kind of, you know what I mean? It's all those things. Yeah, because it gets draining. You know, there mm-hmm. definitely needs to be this this ebb and flow of pouring into each other. Um and and making it fun, you know, right? Finding ways for it to be joyful work um, that, you know, I mean, some of it is definitely messy and, and hard uh, <laughs> when it's coming to healing your sexuality. But, but yeah, I love the way, you know, you're just like these little sprinkles you can put in there of saying something positive um, to your partner, reflecting, you know, the, the flip side to things to remind them of, of what it is that, you know, we all see sometimes we can see better, uh, you know, through somebody else's eyes for that moment. And then you, you find a way to make it your own. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you've been at this for a while. I mean, it's like 20 years in the making, uh, Velvet Lips, and you're on your seventh year of Sex Down South. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. So um, you can join both in person at the Sheraton in Atlanta, September 9th through the 11th, as well as online. So I love that you guys are doing a hybrid this year. That's fantastic. Um, and the theme is a new world, which it certainly is, right? Mm-hmm. So what was that like figuring out, okay, how do we even get this online? And now you guys found a way to like dance in both worlds. Um, how did you transition like creating? Cause I went to the conference and, and I got to tell you, if you're out there listening, you're near Atlanta, get your butt to Atlanta. Like you will throw, like it is dance party. It is some of the most brilliant education I've had, you know, the experience to, to sit in workshops. Um, and you guys have great programs. Actually the first year I did it, I went and did the partial like, work trade so that I can make my ticket affordable. So I love that you guys really make it accessible to people. Um, So yeah, what was the process of figuring out like, okay, how do we juggle making it feel comfortable for everyone so we can really enjoy the experience? Oh my gosh. It's so dark. It's so hard. It's very difficult. (laughs) I think, you know, as a person who, you know, has a, many marginalized identities, you know, that I think for me, it is necessary to ensure that, you know, I'm, I'm making the conference as accessible as possible. So I'm always keeping not only myself, but other people in mind when it comes to how am I going to get my education? How are we going to get our education, feel good about it, you know, and leave the space feeling great about it? You know what I mean? So um, so for the in-person conference, we always try to make sure everything is accessible. So the hotel being accessible, that they have accessible things. Um, during the conference, we make sure our, our bathrooms are gender neutral. So we have like, if you want gender neutral bathrooms, here's a gender neutral bathroom. If you want, um, a, you know, a, a, a bathroom that has a gender, we, there's access to that too. Um, we make sure like the healing room is accessible, um, we uh, we ask that in our registration form. What do you need for this conference to be accessible? You know, is it, you know, we've had people to be like, I'm fat. I need a really big chair, you know, to seat someone over 600 pounds. Gotcha. We will make sure that happens. If the Sheraton doesn't have it, we'll make it happen. And so we spend our own money just trying to make sure that everyone it can feel comfortable in this space. Um, and... And, and so, yeah, we, but at the same time, yeah, it's sort of like you let us know what you need, we'll make it happen. Um, now, when thinking about, um, uh, yeah, we all, like, we always have, we always have fun. So, you know, we learn during the day, have fun during night. And to do the hybrid thing was really kind of like, oh, we're, we're taking on a lot. But we're like, we can make it happen. We've made everything else happen. Let's do this. So with the in-person conference, we're just going to have that as regular. But then we're also going to be filming some sessions um, in the live stream. And um, we're also, we have a media team that's going to help us with that. And then we also have, um, uh, we're, we're doing the, the hop, we're doing the hop in again for the hybrid piece 
Um, so there's sessions that are only going to be online. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's we have one keynote speaker who is not going to be at the conference who is going to be online. So we'll be all viewing it. Oh, um, wow. uh, you know, yeah. we'll be in person, but we'll be viewing it on the oh, screen. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a whole we're we're just like working it in, however to work yeah. it in, because we know if it's a hybrid that people are going to be. Um, a lot of people will be able to access it better. Mm-hmm. People who are overseas. Um, I had a, a festival called Dick Fest a few uh, weeks ago, and I had so many international people. Like I was just like, where are these international people coming from? Um, but I realized that I uh, that my reach has gotten pretty far, and so thinking about okay, if you're if you can't fly from. Ireland or the UK mm-hmm. or Australia, yeah. you know, then you can actually view some of the sessions that are online. So um, we're hoping just to, you know, make this work as, as best we can. But um, I think it's just important to, to we're going to try it out and see how it works. You know what I mean? I love that. I love it. Yeah. Just like go in, leap and see what happens, expanding, you know, and that's how we, we do. We learn and we grow and, and I love seeing it evolve. It's amazing. So um, once again, if you're interested, you can find it online. It's sexdownsouth.com. It's September 9th through the 11th at the Sheraton in Atlanta. And it's just a wonderful time that uh, I highly, highly recommend. And you can also do it virtually. How great is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you said about, you know, you fall into many marginalized categories. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about earlier about like living by example, right? So how do you navigate that? Because that's a lot of places to try to represent like black women, you know, queer community, uh, you know, other areas where I'm not totally familiar with, you know, other areas you fall in, but I know that that's a, a lot going on to, to step in and be like, how am I leading by example? Yeah. So I think it's interesting because a lot of times um, we see, um, uh, I think it starts, number one, from like your childhood too. you know, your growth and what your experiences are. My experiences was I wasn't shamed for who I was. I never got made fun of. I was pretty popular kid in school, you know, so there was never an issue with me, uh, especially around my queerness. Um, I lived in a very multiracial place. So we had all sorts of ethnicities from everywhere in the world. So it was just sort of. You know, that was uh, so being black was just like I had black friends. I had all sorts of friends. So that so that wasn't an issue. Um, I think, you know, when I was in the South, I think sometimes people really thought that um, me being me was going to be an issue. So me having my facial piercings and um, applying for a, a lecture position at a university, people are like, you know, I, even my mom was just like, well, what are they going to think about this or about that? And, I, you know, I just went in and was just like, I, this is who I am. Like, and, you know, they were like, you're hired, you know? <laughs> so I think a lot of times when people think that certain things will hold us back, like tattoos, piercings, or uh, I don't know, a mohawk, uh, or um, so that's just how you look. So, or your queerness, right. you know, um, you know, your blackness, I think, you know, being black in the South, I mean, you can get hired for everything because everybody's, there's so many, you know, folks of color in the South, so many black folks in the South. So, um, but really uh, getting the jobs and the things that I've needed, I, for me, that is the example of being like, you can do this thing easily. Um and maybe not easily, but you can do this thing. Yeah. And it is, you know, um, and you won't, you, you don't necessarily have to go think that you'll have shame or the stigma or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not particularly religious. I, I love all religions. I think they're great. I think they all have a fanta- fantastic thing you can learn from them. Um, but I coach religious people. Yeah. I've gone into churches. They I under you know, I've read all the religious books, so I understand a lot of things. So I think people understand that, hey, I come from this from all angles. I don't shame anybody for who they are. I don't judge you. You don't judge me, I don't judge you. We're good, you know? So 
that coexisting, right? There's a space for all of us to discover. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, I mean, ideally, we're all constantly recognizing that we are changing mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, giving ourselves space to be authentic and know that our authentic self is going to be a different person over years, over time. Um, but allowing yourself to show up in that space, right? You know, just really trusting that that is more important than manipulating yourself to fit in a place that where you think you want to be is to genuinely be who you are and show up and, and you'll know where you're supposed to be because uh, you will be attracted to those places where, you know, yeah. yeah, where you're embraced and not tolerated. Right. So you actually have another book um, that you're working on co-authoring. Are you doing some chapters, some editing? It's called Intersectional Approach to Sex Therapy. Um, and I loved how you mentioned earlier that, you know, you strategize, you kind of pull from from different areas. Um, and somatic therapy is, is one of the places um, that you draw from. So, I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about what somatic therapy um, is and why it's, it's such a beautiful complement to talking, how much, you know, our bodies play a role in our healing process. You know, when I first started this journey, it was really, I, I didn't realize how much of an impact that my hand and my body affected people. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I walked into a room and I gave someone a hug, I hugged them like they were a family member. And i that's how I hug people. And people are like, oh, my, I feel so good. And so I think with somatic, you know, with somatic body work, it's really important that you um, you understand what the, the healing modality in your body, in your hands, in your body, how you're giving that love to someone else and how it can be such uh how it can be so transformative. So when teaching like seduction and communication skills and even sex skills, the somatic piece that goes with that, I think is just uh, important. So I have to really coach people, put your hand here, which is particularly difficult, you know, during the pandemic, but, you know, uh, on Zoom or, you know, um, in webcam, but it's sort of like, put your hand here, Press a little here, pull here. Um, you know, these are the things that you need to do in order to, you know, to feel, to heal, to <clears throat> create. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's so important, and we lack touch, and we've seen that from the pandemic. How people are cuddle starved, touch starved, mm-hmm. and um, it, which is actually. Surprising, but not surprising. We we haven't had so many signups for the online, but we have a, a ton of signups for the in-person, which is not shocking because, you know, in person, we're very huggy. We're very, the, the, the touch is there at Sex Down South. And so I think, um, you know, while still navigating the COVID protocols and all those things, I think that's going to be a challenge. But anyway, going back to the somatic uh, therapy piece, um, I, I think it's just super important that we use our bodies um, to heal, to make sure that we know how to touch each other. Because sometimes it's a learning process. We all don't, it doesn't come automatically to everybody. And so once we teach this, I think as professionals, we can, I mean, we can really just help people um, in so many different ways. I had one client that was, um, that read one of my blogs and she was like, you know, you said one thing and that one thing changed my relationship. And it was whenever I passed my boyfriend, when, when he was sitting down on his computer or whatever, I just gave him a kiss. And I passed by and I just touched him, gave him a kiss and walked on right on by. And he was just like, nobody has ever done that before. Like, and it just changed the whole scope of how they move in their relationship. And I was like, there's something about the intimacy, simple things that we can do that would, that are, that is going to, to, to keep our relationship going the way that we need it to go. When we start losing that, that's when we start. Right. That's when we, that, that's when it, that's when it starts to fail us. Yeah. Because that, then you start to, I think, withdraw, you know, and the more you withdraw, then the more you kind of have this like 
push pull of like, do I come, you know, whereas if you just kind of keep this like subtle flowing little sprinkles of, of affection and, and connection and attention, um, it never gets to that place of feeling like a drought that now you have so much work to like overcome to, to get that, that energy flowing again, to feel open, to receive and give. So we're getting ready to head into our first break here, or our only break that is. Um, but I wanted to give everyone an opportunity to find all the ways to reach out to you. So on Instagram, it's uh, the number one Marla M A R L A Stewart S T E W A R T. You can also get uh, the sex ed info from Velvet Lips Sex Ed, and so it's V E L V E T L I P S S X. E-D. And for Sex Down South Conference, it's S-D-C-O-N. So you can find all of that on Instagram. And we will be back in just a moment to talk more to Marla Renee Stewart. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do! Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, Back to the show. Hello, I am intimacy architect Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Unbuckled. Our guest today here is Marla Renee Stewart, and she is helping us to unbuckle sex down south as we dive deeper into seduction and foreplay. And we are going to uh, chat a little bit about the path to your orgasm. So I know one of the biggest shifts for me I guess two actually was one um not seeing because if you're raised heterosexual um and while I found my queer identity along my path being raised in this idea that like I would go find a man he would put his penis in my vagina and I would make orgasm like this is like what was sex was supposed to be um so when I let go of that when I was like oh what does sex look like if that is out of the equation and then it gets to just be a choose your own adventure. Um, and so I'd love to hear from you as a queer person. What has been like how you've discovered so many things beyond this heteronormative sex and letting go of the attachment to have to have an orgasm while still honoring that your pleasure is important? Ooh, that's a hard one for me, Christiane, because orgasm is important to me. <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, um, as as an educator and you know uh you know we're 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 always like sex is the the cherry on top it is mm-hmm. i'm like orgasm is important and orgasms feel amazing <laughs> who doesn't want to have an orgasm every time they have sex and so for me like the logic of it is like mm, but i understand that some people don't necessarily have to have orgasms you know during sex i get it um, I'm not one of those people. And I think it's just sort of like I have to have the 
I think you just have to be aware of yourself and who you are as a person um, to say like, but I know how to get, give myself orgasms. I think it's different when you are a person who maybe never masturbates or doesn't know how to get themselves off. Like that is going to be a hindrance to you. Um, but for me, it's like I've been masturbating since I was in the second grade. I know I, I, I know my body well. And but even after I had my baby, like, you know, that was a whole process. And so like, um, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, giving yourself, um, I'm sorry, when thinking about orgasm, um, uh, pleasure is definitely number one, of course. And orgasm is it's so close. It's like <laughs> it's so close to that number one spot. Um, 1.5. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. You're going to have to repeat your question again. I got, I got my train of thought. It's all good. Um, well, I would love to talk more about, you know, queer sex because oh, yeah. I think when you, and, and and I don't know if, you know, like you said, your mom was pretty open-minded, but, um, but yeah, I was, you know, I was raised Catholic. It was like, go find a man, put penis and vagina together. So when I discovered that, you know, my different layers of bisexual, pansexual, finally identifying as queer, I was like, oh my God, there's so much more to sex than this. And, um, and that just created avenues for pleasure that I had no idea. So I would love to hear about your journey in, in that discovery. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that like, you know, as a person who had, I had my first boyfriend when I was 16, had my first girlfriend at 16. And so when, you know, my mom was like, oh my gosh, the, the world is, I don't know what's going on. But even after that point, I just, even with my boyfriend, <clears throat> I realized that there is so much more to sex. Like it isn't just before we, we were each other's firsts mm -hmm. and when, you know, before we um, had, you know, penis and vagina sex, we had, um, we were doing outer course, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the outer course that we were having, that was, um, that was out of the box, right. you know what I mean? And so then when I had my girlfriend, it was like, okay, well, all of these things are out of the box. Yeah. So for me, out of the box is pretty normal. And so at, when I coach people, it's so funny because I have mostly, you know, heterosexual clients, mostly heterosexual monogamous clients. So funny. Um, uh, they when I tell them, OK, here's another way to have sex. Let's do this instead. It's sort of like mind blown. You know, it's like the my relationship to queer sex it's been queer my entire life you know or since I've been having sex that to me it's it's just like we'll do this instead and it's like oh I can we can we can do those things instead and I think that's one of the fortunate things about being a queer person is because we're always kind of thinking outside the box we're always kind of thinking like what else is there what else can we do you know um even involving kink into your life, right? You know, uh, kink was founded on queer folks being like, what else can we do? You know? <laughs> so I think it's, um, I, I, th I queer sex can contribute so much or has contributed so much towards um, like heterosexual, you know, sex. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really like, I just think if you are straight and you don't have any queer friends, go get yourself some queer friends. Because <laughs> they will tell you how to have different kinds of sex and give you some advice. And um, I think it's just important. But, yeah, I think we just have the ability to think outside the box. And um, and it's ad it's advantageous to us when it comes to celebrating and, and, and gaining pleasure in our sex lives. Right. Yeah. You know, and again, you have people who are normalizing, normalizing, doing things in a different way. Um, and so then there's, again, that, that acceptance, that embrace to, to be curious and, and to try something that, you know, maybe is, is new to you. Um, yes. Uh, so where was I going to go? Oh, um, so your book, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, 
feel like foreplay is one of those words <laughs> that gets thrown around a lot. Um, and for some people, it's like a, a check on the box. Like, okay, so I made out with you and like, maybe I touched your boobs a little and like, okay, and now, are we, you know, is that enough? You know, as opposed to like, it's like the, the part of the path, not the destination, <laughs> right? Um, so how do you help people see foreplay as, as part of the joy and, and not so much this list you're trying to square off? You know, what's funny is that we learn that from, you know, I mean, I learned that from like high school. You know, a lot of us have learned that from high school. Okay, first base, second base, third mm-hmm. base, home. This is foreplay. First base, second base, third base, and then home is the 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 P and the V, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I I think it's important that we say like, okay, foreplay is actually more than that. Mm-hmm. It's that mental piece. What it's the mental piece before we went up to bat, right? It's right. that how how did we even get here? How did we even get on the team? Mm-hmm. How did we even, you know, get up to the plate, you know? So <laughs> foreplay is like all of that mm-hmm. other stuff plus first, second, and third base, mm-hmm. right? Um and well, depending on what your first, second, and third base was. It, like yeah. You know, because there's also arguments in, in that, too. But, <laughs> but like, thinking about, like, you know, uh, the courting process, mm-hmm. the sedu- that's why Jess and I, we say the seduction is foreplay. It's mm-hmm. the mental stimulation. It is the emotional connection. It is what you are doing beforehand that helps get me, get me mentally prepared to, to, for this orgasm or get me mentally prepared to to engage in sexual pleasure with you and whatever that is you know and when we when I think about it like in kink wise right is that negotiation process when you're negotiating with someone and you're like "Ooh, this Mm -hmm. we're clicking this is sexy this is gonna be good Mm -hmm. you know as opposed to um, I walk in and someone being like, can you spank me? Like, what? I have no kind of foreplay. I don't know. Who are you? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's no connection. Mm-hmm. So the foreplay is all about that. Um, and I think we, we we would be amiss to to forget about that piece. Yeah. yeah, the the mental aspect, I think, is something that gets really overlooked. Um, that that's like our biggest erogenous zone is, is mm-hmm. the churning of the thoughts. And that's also going to get you out of fight or flight mode or out of, you know, my grocery to-do list or some bullshit that's going to distract me from really being in my body and being in that present moment with, you know, my partner or partners. So do you have some hacks or things that you've learned to to get into that mental space to start planting those seeds? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're thinking about um, uh, getting getting yourself involved or getting someone else involved, number one, it's also that about that connection, which is what I talk about in the seduction learning styles, right? So are they an auditory person, a visual person, mm-hmm. a tactile person? What is it that they need in order to feel good about how you're communicating with them and, and, and being sexual with them? Um, so that's the that's one of the pieces right there. And, you know, I also think breathing, doing breath work is super important. That helps us to engage and be present in our bodies. A lot of times if we're thinking about our grocery list or what the kids are doing or whatever, whatever, like we're not thinking about our own bodies and not being present. And so that's one of the most important things for you to do is be present. So erotic breath work. So I teach people breath work. Um I also tell people, eliminate your stressors. What are the things that are stressing you out? You know, and as maybe uh, if I have a person I'm pursuing um, that I'm like, hey, what can I help you with? Mm. Because eliminating those stressors are going to help you be sexual with that person because they don't have to think about this, this and that. You know, I have a client that were like, oh, my gosh, HelloFresh was like the best thing that, you know, (laughs) that happened to us. Because now they're able to cook dinner or like her partner was able to cook dinner. And now her mind is a little bit more free to be more sexual and to be more playful. So, you know, whatever it is that somebody needs help with, that's going to help 
um, help them be a more mm-hmm. sexual person. So, and there's lots of research about that. If we know if you are helping your partner out with the housework, mm-hmm. if it's equal, the equal partnership or, or equitable partnership mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, household duties, we know those people are having sex more. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, you know, help out, do, do mm-hmm. all the things that you need to do to eliminate those stresses. Something like work might be a little bit more difficult, but maybe you need to quit your job. Maybe you need to find something that is a little bit more satisfying for you that you can be a little bit happier about. So, you know, and that, and that's kind of a hard thing too to for people mm-hmm. to hear because they're like, quit my job. How can I, you know, it's just like, quit your job. Your job sucks. It's stressing you out. You're not having sex because of your job. Who, what? Like, get out of there, you know, do whatever you need to do, get out of there. Um, but I understand that can be hard for some people or people might not be able to do that all the time. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. I think people underestimate one. We're here as a result of sex. Like your sex life literally is your life. Like you're, <laughs> and so if your sex life isn't working, it means other parts of your life are not working and they're all connected. And so sometimes you do need to make this big shift and, and following that will often lead to like amazing things um, that you couldn't have even imagined before. And I love that you tell people about Fresh Market. I do the same thing. I'm like, do not try to delegate your self-love to your partner. Instead, delegate all the bullshit that is getting in your way. So you have time to take care of yourself. Your partner has time to take care of themselves and you guys have time to enjoy each other. So yeah, delegate all this other crap and stop trying to like get, <laughs> delegate out your self-love. You can't do that, but you can delegate who does your dishes or your laundry. Or That's your right. We shop in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. I love that you said that. You're just like, yes, like free up some space so you can have seduction, so you can have foreplay, so you can be in this good mental space to, to relax and enjoy and receive pleasure. Um, so much good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm always uh, like, hire somebody to clean your house. Mm-hmm. Like if that is an issue, if things are everywhere, you're a visual person and things aren't uh, in their place, mm-hmm. hire somebody to do it for you if you can. You know what I mean? So... And a lot of people will trade. I mean, before I was in a, a financial position to just pay somebody, I did a lot of trade work. I did a lot of like exchanges of things. And so, you know, it's definitely worth like asking, like everyone's got extra superpowers. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all can, can help each other out. Um, That's right. Yeah, definitely. You know, at, at the very least, I think it's important to, to look at, yeah, look at areas in your life where you're like, can I delegate this and, and just start to create that that open doorway to receive that support. Um, so we have just a few minutes left. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I could talk about sex forever. I, I love, yeah, me I love too. With people on sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I love that you say, give yourself grace. There's always room for improvement when it comes to sex. And do you think that, where do you see self-improvement weighing into that? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, when I say give yourself grace, it's sort of like it, it's a way of saying, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the moment you're so hard on yourself, I can't do this. I don't do this. I don't, you're going to get into that negative tailspin. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like give yourself some grace. Eat that cookie. It's OK. Or whatever. Like do it. Give yourself. It's OK. Like, you know, work on it. You'll, you're, you know, it's a constant work in process, a, a, a constant uh, yeah, work in progress. And then, um, and, and to think about, there's always room for self-improvement when it comes to sex. Like nobody knows all the things, even though we're educators, I know a lot of things, but like, I don't know everything, you know? And I think sometimes people think that (laughs) I've had, you know, regular people who haven't studied sexuality be like, I know everything there is about sex. And I'm like, no, you don't, (laughs) I, I don't. And I study, I've been studying this subject for more than 20 years. I don't know all the things about sex. So there's definitely, you definitely don't know all the things about sex. Um, So I think it's just important to always be learning. Like I'm always, uh, every Sunday uh, for the past year, I did uh, Bianca Loriano's Black Sweat. Mm -hmm. I was pretty much at every single one on Sunday. 
um, some, you know, if there's a lecture series or a class, I'm always just trying to understand more um, about sex and sexuality from a different perspective. I remember I went to a class around like Muslims and sex and what that meant. And, you know, so it's so for me, it's all the more knowledge that I Mm -hmm. have, the better that I can be not only for myself, but for my clients as well. But understand, I've gone to a rope class to teach myself how to tie. You know, me and my partner have been, you know, sort of like there's always something Mm -hmm. you can be doing, something you can be learning. And I just don't I just don't think people should just be quitting, you know, right away uh, or just like not learning. I think it's a shared journey. Just find different things. Find some fun, you know. That's the playfulness. Yes. Fine fun. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at it from the energetic chakra, you know, it's like that's your childhood as well. Your sexuality, that that energy, that's like your creativity, you know, so bringing that that playfulness and that sense of wonder and and putting your pride or ego aside to be in that place of it's okay to not know. That's actually the fun. That's kind of like the foreplay of discovery is to be in that place of like, I don't know what we're about to discover, you know, but let's see. Yeah, the let's curiosity, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, it's part of the titillating. And I love what you were talking about earlier with like, you know, like a BDSM scene negotiation. Yeah, if somebody comes up to me and is like, do you like to be spanked? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but that, you know, someone's like, hey, like, I would love to know, you know, if you like to be spanked and like, do you like it harder or faster? Or like, what do you think about, you know, and like, and it's like, it becomes the negotiation becomes the the excitement. Um, I love Midori, uh, who I actually saw at your uh, your conference in 2019. Uh, I mean, the scene she, I was just like, holy shit, I had no idea. Like, that is next level. <laughs> You're talking about the rope tying one? And she... she did, um, no, she just did a class. She did a workshop on scene negotiation. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a 20 or 30 minute conversation she had with this girl um, and they just built this and I'm a very visual person. So when I hear some, I'm like, I could see it happening. Like, <laughs> and they hadn't even done anything. They were just sitting in chairs talking and I'm like, Oh man, this is so hot. Um, yeah. So yeah, that ability to like paint that picture, you know, and, and I love what you were talking about earlier. It's like the seduction, it has its language, right? It's like, how, it, how is it sensory received and, and to be able to kind of know and, and learn about yourself like okay well right now I'm in an auditory mood I want to hear you talk or like I'm in a more visual mood you know I want to see you put this on and um, my partner and I recently um, I was he was like oh like I want to masturbate I was like wait before you do that put on these like short shorts and like walk around a little bit and then yeah and then go that yeah, I was like I just want to see it <laughs> I want to see you all dressed before you like take it all off so you know it's it's that that fun playfulness of it I think is is so mm-hmm. important and that I think goes back to which you know bringing sexy back to sex ed is like is that there's you know some lightheartedness about it you don't have to like you know that's that's the giving yourself grace yeah you don't have to be so hard on yourself yeah yeah and you don't have to be something you're not and I think a lot of times when people think about seduction they think about like oh um I have to be some sort of character like out of body character, mm-hmm. like, no, but if you have an alter ego, that could help. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can also be yourself. If you're mm-hmm. funny, you're funny is probably sexy to someone. Right. If you're shy, your shyness is probably sexy to someone. Me, perhaps, because I'm an extrovert. I love, you know, when people are shy sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you don't have to be outside of yourself to be sexy. You just have to understand who you are and how you can draw upon that to have your own type of sexy and have be your own kind of uh, seduction um, artist. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's so important too. When we talk about masturbating is, you know, I mean, I've certainly done it. I, you know, I have me a magic wand. There's times when I'm just like, and, <laughs> um, but there's a beautiful art to it too, to like actually seduce yourself, you know? And, and those are great when I'm just like, oh, I'm going to put my bath and like, some wine and like really like get into it. Um, do you have self-seduction techniques or rituals that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I love a good playlist. So I have a sexy, I have a couple of sexy playlists. Um, and uh, I have candles that are around. Um, I am a more air pulse 
suction person. So, you know, I have a, a couple of toys that I can depend on. Um, <laughs> you know, I always like set up, I have, um, the, uh, the fucks pads is like a luxury waterproof pad. Um, I have, you know, it, it's sort of like those the combination of sort of all of those things. And then I like to tap into my imagination. So what am I thinking about at the time or what is sexy to me or what kind of thought came across that I want to, to, to dive deep into. But I think it's important to have like that self-intimacy, that self-seduction, the really setting it up for yourself because um, you would make the effort with somebody else. Why not make the effort with yourself? You know? Um, so that's why, I mean, that's why I took the time to create playlists and took the time to, to, to get those kinds of things. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such an important piece, like you were talking earlier about, you know, us needing touch. And you give that to yourself first. I think it, it just makes it so much easier than to go in and, and ask for it and, and be a little bit more familiar with what you're asking for when you're asking for, for touch and connection. Um, to just have that relationship with your with yourself and, and let, you know, let yourself be free to... To have that place to, it's just like, it's for you, by you, you know? I think yeah. That, yeah. There's something really special about that. Yeah. It's, it's some doing some body mapping, you know what I mean? Like mapping your body. What feels good to you? Do you like your nipples played with? Do you like your neck touched? Do you like your booty grab? Like, what is it that you like? And I, I think, you know, you can experiment on yourself first and then, you know, have your partner or partners, you know, touch you to see what feels good to you. So yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I cannot stress enough how important it is for you to get to know yourself because that's that, like you said, it's the way to convey that message over to someone. Mm-hmm. I like this, I like that, and I like this. Those are for sure. So if, you know, if you were, if we were to get together, we can do all the things, but make sure you do this thing, this thing, and this thing, because those are the things that I know are going to be fantastic. And I think it's good for the partner too. It's like, all right, you know, you have a guarantee. Like there's something that's like, okay, we can build on this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and talking with you. Thank you so much for being here with us. So once again, you can find Marla Renee Stewart. She is on Instagram. Number one, Marla Renee Stewart at velvet lips, sex ed. That's V E L V E T L I. P-S-S-X-E-D. And of course, the Sex Down South Conference, you can find them online September 9th to the 11th. It's uh, virtual as well. And you can find that on Instagram at S-D-C-O-N. And her book, Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay is on Amazon. More books to come, more great stuff to come. So definitely keep your eye on Marla Renee Stewart. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. I love sharing all about sex and sexuality and helping to unbuckle the Bible belts and create great conversations. So I really appreciate you being here. And you are listening to Unbuckled. I'm your intimacy architect, Christiane Bella. Blessings to you all. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon.